confident hope. Come on. Happy New Year, by the way. I was uh, listening to the radio the other day, and they said that uh, they, were, they were pondering, the question was posed, uh, when is it too late to say Happy New Year? And I said, well, I haven't preached yet on a Sunday, so just give me one more week. And uh, so Happy New Year. And it is a happy new year. It's a glorious new year. Amen. And I love New Year's. I, I, there's something about New Year's that, that, that just practically speaking, but also spiritually speaking, we can kind of kick away what's happened in the last year and kind of step confidently into the new year. Because a new year for me signifies new hope. And it signifies new opportunities. And it, and it signifies out with the old and in with the new. Come on. And I love it. I, I really do. It, it, it's an opportunity to look at your life, take, take stock of what's occurred in the last year, and, and highlight the things that you've really enjoyed. Because a lot of people at New Year's, they want to just focus of, uh, you know, on getting rid of the bad habits. Well, listen, I know some of you made resolutions on New Year's. I also know that half of you probably broke them on New Year's Day. How do I know that? Because I'm one of them. Come on. Been making the same resolution for like 27 years now. This year is going to be the year that I fill in the blank. You feel good. You wake up New Year's morning, and New Year's morning this year was on a Sunday. I was feeling particularly good. I was like, yeah, starting the New Year's off in the house of the Lord. That's good. Come on. And, uh, you know, by the end of the service, I had already broken my resolution. I had a resolution for 27 years. You want to know what it is? Do you? Do you really? Are you sure? It's gross. I don't know if you're ready for it on a Sunday morning, right? My resolution, and my wife would probably shout amen on this one, is to stop biting my nails. <laughs> I know it's deep. I know it's spiritual. I know. I know it is. I know, you know. But I, here I am. I'm sitting in church, and we're halfway through church, and I look down, and what am I doing? Gross. Why do you do that? So, hey, listen, uh, you know, Full, full, full transparency here. If you see me biting my nails at any point, just go, <clears throat> and just give me that look. You know that look. Parents, you know that look. Just, right? Husbands, you know this look. You might have got it a few times. The uh, up and down, like, get it together, right? Boy, there's coming a talking when we get home. Get it together, right? But New Year's, I love it. I really, I really, really do love the New Year's time. And I want to talk to you today about confident hope. I, I, I love that we're, we're talking about, uh, and you're going to hear this a lot this year. You're going to hear a lot about faith. You're going to hear a lot about hope. You're going to hear a lot about love. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of issue the mandate and the mission on Vision Sunday. But I love that we've been talking about hope. Because where would we be without hope? Where would we be without the belief that something better is coming? Right? If something... Uh, worse is coming, right? Do you get happy about that? Hey, Brian, guess what? I got, uh, I got bad news, and then I got worse news. And then after the worse news, don't worry about it, because things are going to get even more worse. Or worse, sir. Or as Pastor Mike would like to say, badder, gooder, all those other kind of errors that he likes to use, right? And, and, and so we got to get to this place where we understand it's not always about what's bad, but it's good. what's about what's good. And so I like taking stock of my life. As I approach New Year's, I look at the past year, I go, what are some things that went really well? And how can we propel off of that? How can we launch off of what has gone really well and make this year an even better year? And then I also take a look at the other side. I go, what are some things that maybe either I let slip or maybe I really didn't exercise all of my energy into this particular thing? Now, how can I put a plan in place moving forward so that at the end of 2023, I'm not looking back and going, well, I made it by the skin of my chinny chin chin, right? I don't, I, I don't want to say that. I want to look back as I'm heading into 2024 going, wow, what a year. God, you've been good because at the beginning of this year, Lord, I set my expectations out. Lord, I was in confident hope. I had high faith, high expectations for this year. And God, you blew me away because you did even more. Because I don't know if you know this, highlights, but the God that you serve, the Bible declares is a God of more than enough. Right? There's always an abundance in the presence of God. 
There is a level of grace that we experience on this earth. But when we step into God's presence, there is an abundance of grace, right? There are healings that take place. But when we're in the presence of God, there is an abundance of healings that take place. In God's kingdom, it's always more than enough. And the reason why it's always more than enough is because you were never meant to hoard it all for yourself. Everything that God has blessed us with, think about this, his joy, come on, his hope, right, come on. What about else? His peace, his blessing, come on. We say this every service. We invoke the benediction of blessing over your life as you go. And I know you've heard it a thousand times. Today you're going to hear it a thousand and one. Why? Because we believe in it and we want you to experience it in your life. And so we can walk on this earth with a hope that things are going to get better, right? Things are going to be better. Even if they're good right now, they're going to get gooder. Even if they're awesome, they're going to get awesomer. Come on, right? If they're not that great, well, guess what? They're going to get good. And then after they get good, they're going to get great. And after they get great, they're going to get awesome. And so we can look forward to what God has in store for us. Not only individually, my friends, but corporately together. I look at this crew and my family, you are my family. And I look out here and I get excited because I know some of you have had a year. Come on, I know some of you, you had a year. But I know that you're going to have a year, right? Come on. Otherwise, why are we here, right? If I get up here and preach bad news every single Sunday, chances are soon I'll just be preaching to the audience of one, right? I'm not here to preach bad news. I'm here to declare good news. And that's with God, things can change. Come on, somebody say that. Things can change. Now say it like you believe it. Things can change. Maybe you got to knock someone on beside you and say, hey, things can change. We're going to make it. We're going to be all right. Not only are we going to be all right, we're going to thrive. This is the year that I'm declaring that you're thriving. This is the year that I declare that your body is healed. Your peace is at an all-time high. It's not that you're omitted from trials or troubles. We know that biblically speaking, Jesus said, you will face some troubles. But don't worry about it. Fear not. I'm going to be with you. And if he's with us, then we not need fear. We not, need not subscribe to the negative news that the world wants to feed us day in and day out. But we can subscribe to confident hope. And so, Father, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you. Lord, I just thank you for 2023. Lord, I, I, I don't pretend to have a clue of exactly what's going to happen. But what I do know this is that you are good. And because you are good, Lord God, I thank you that you're working things out for our good. Lord, this day as we just deep dive into your word and speak about confident hope, Lord, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that hope would begin to rise up in the hearts and the minds of your children here today. Lord, I thank you that at the end of this day, Lord, that hope is not only going to be filled, but it's going to be overflowing. And I thank you, Lord, that in this year, Lord, Capital City Church is taking ground. We're moving forward. We're advancing with the call that you've placed on us, but we're doing it not with a lackluster hope, but Lord, we're doing it with a confident hope because we know that you've spoken. We know, Lord God, that you've spoken about this church and the plan that you have for us. And Lord, we subscribe to that news. We subscribe to the news that you've spoken over Capital City Church and exactly what you said you were going to do is exactly what is going to transpire. And God, I just thank you that all of us get to get be a part of it. Lord, I thank you that this is a year, a year of engagement. I think it's a year of launching. And I thank you, Lord, that even previously speaking, those who who may have felt or thought that they didn't have much to offer, are going to find themselves offering lots. Lord, I thank you that this year, Lord, people are going to be stepping into their God-given call. Lord, I give you praise. I give you glory. Holy Spirit, help us today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen and amen. Well, I guess I'll start my message now. Praise God. I, I've been so excited just talking about confident hope. And the more I talk about it, the more it just kind of rises up inside of me. Come on. And, and I've, I don't think I've ever quite come into a year like I've come into 2023. I don't think I've ever come into a year with more hope than I ever have. But it's funny, isn't it? 
Because if you just take a listen, if you just take a look at what the world wants to tell us, if you subscribe to that news network, you may not be filled with hope. Think about it. Think about everything that is going on in the world right now, and then just, just think about it. Be like, well, Brian, I don't know if there's much more to hope for. $9 for lettuce, y'all. $9 for lettuce. If that's not a sign of the times, I don't know what is. It's a good thing I'm not the biggest fan of lettuce. That works in my favor. I know, it, I, know I should be, but, you know, $9, right? I mean, inflation doesn't seem to want to go anywhere. And every time I think we're a step ahead, I hear of a new variant. I ain't going to go there, but come on, right? Like every time I think, I, I'm like, okay, we're past that. It's like, nope, here, come back. Someone's there with the last two. No, where do you think you're going? Trying to drag me back into hopelessness. Not going to happen. It ain't. I'm too filled with the Holy Ghost to subscribe to hopelessness. I've experienced too much to give into this idea that I am a byproduct of my circumstances, that I cannot flourish in the middle of a famine. Have you not read this Bible? My friends, as you read this Bible, you will see time and time and time again. If you just say, Lord, give me the lens of hope as I read your word today, you will see that in every story there's hope. In every single story in this Bible, there is hope. Hope is from beginning to end. And the reason is, is because hope is not just an idea, friends. Some people take hope like it's a lottery system, right? Maybe this week is my week. When people buy lottery tickets, they already buy it knowing that they're a loser. Be not like a loser like you're not popular. Come on. <laughs> Got to clarify today, okay? You buy that ticket knowing that your chances are one in a trillion. Oh, I hope I win the lottery. And as you buy it, you know you're just giving the gas station attendant money, free money. You know what? I got a better idea. Why don't you put that money in the offering bucket and let it work for you? Woo-hoo-hoo, come on. Oh, I'm going there today. Oh, I. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Hope's not some pie in the sky, wish upon a star. Oh, I found a four-leaf clover. Look at that. It's going to be my year. That's not what hope is. My friends, I'm getting ahead of my notes today, but I'm just going to roll with it. Hope is a person. And hope is Jesus. Real hope. The kind of hope that makes you wake up in the morning believing for something better for you and yours. The kind of hope that can be realistic and look at the circumstances and go, yeah, they're not favorable. But, but God, but God, but God, I saw, Lord, as your servant stood before a, a sea with no way of escape as the armies were breathing down their neck with destruction on their hearts. Lord, you parted the sea. Like, hello? Hello? God parted a sea for his people, and he can't take care of you. Come on, this is wild, right? What about another servant who was outnumbered and outgunned? This guy did not have a sword. He didn't even have a rock. He had the jawbone of a donkey. But in the hands of God's anointed one, it was hope. And what happens? Well, if you haven't read the story, he whips butt. And he comes out on the victory side. Why? Because whatever is in your hand that God chooses to bless will give you the hope to continue moving forward. See, some of you, the enemy has probably been knocking on your door, just trying to bring a little bit of hopelessness. Well, 2022 wasn't that a good year, <laughs> right? Sickness, wars, rumors of wars, inflation, $9 lettuce, and gases, you know, at an all-time high, and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Guess what? It's not getting any better. That's <laughs> how I imagine the devil talking. 
Because he's, anyways. Hope. Friends, hope gives us the ability to overcome this. Hope is a state of being. And as we enter into his presence, not only are we filled with his joy, which brings us strength, but we're filled with hope. Because how could you get into the presence of God and go backwards? It doesn't work that way. I, know, I, I haven't seen yet an example of someone who gets into the presence of God and goes backwards. But as you get into the presence of God, you're filled with his hope. And as you have hope, you begin to believe more. You begin to tap into what God has for your life. And so if I've taken anything away from these past few years that we've gone through, it is this. I believe that the earth is in a crisis of fear. That's what I feel like they've been trying to sell us for the last three years. Now, we can get into, you know, the whole kit and caboodle if you want to, but they tried to shut down the church. How did they try to do it? They tried to just shut the doors. <laughs> Guess what? What does the church do? We pivot. Guess what? We're going to meet online. That's all right. We'll keep meeting. And guess what? When we get, to get back together, you know what's going to happen? We're going to appreciate each other a lot more. Because that's what happened to me. When I didn't see your faces in real life for a few weeks and at times a couple months, when I saw you, I appreciated you a whole lot more. Because I'm going to tell you something. As a preacher, preaching to a camera is okay. But preaching to real live people, man, that's where it's at. Having you laugh at some of the jokes or shake your head going, what is this guy doing? You know, that live feedback, there's something with that. But this world is trying to sell this, this crisis of fear. Everywhere you look, it's fear, 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 fear. Guess what? More fear. And just for good measure, here's some more fear. And that's all it's trying to throw our ways. But hope is what overcomes fear. Hope is what enables us to see past fear into the future and know that what God has planned is way better than subscribing to this negative fear. Our health, right? It's been under attack. I know some of you with children, hey, you know, I, I see some families that are not here that have kids, and I, you know, I'm wondering why. Maybe because our health has been under attack, right? It seems like every time I turn my head to the left or turn my head to the right, I have to avoid something. Wear a mask, wash your hands, do this, do that. Hey, it's all right, that's okay. If you want to subscribe, that's good. But our health, we cannot deny that our health has been under attack in these last few years. Right? What about this? Our mental health has taken a beating. For a lot of people, it's been really tough, me included. I am a people person. You take me away from people, ask my wife. Borderline. Right? Every time we get together with someone or whatever, I come home, I'm like a joyful little kid. And is like, you, you just, you thrive on this, right? I go, I do. Because I love people. I love being around people. I love being with people. I love walking life with you. I love the fact that you are able to help support me and I'm able to help to support you. Because at the end of the day, I'm an only child. I ain't got no brothers and sisters. So whether you like it or not, you're my brothers and you're my sisters. Right? Mental health. I mean, I remember when this thing all first happened and, you know, God, the, hey, God's timing is everything, right? And we had our, our, our son Levi in the middle of all this and we didn't know what was right and we didn't know what was wrong. Just deciding to go to the grocery store was so taxing on my mind. Come home, strip off in the garage, which is okay in summer, but in winter, that's really awkward. It's like minus 40 in there. Right? Wash, scrub, get the bristles out, make sure it's all clean. Right? It's hard. It's taxing on the mind. Right? We can't deny this. It's, 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 it's what's been happening. What about this one? It seems like every day some sort of crypto is falling. Y'all laugh, but for some people, this is, this is big. Maybe not to you because you're not involved in crypto, but for those that are involved in crypto, this is... This is tough. Some people invested a lot, everything, right? But more than that, what's happening and what I find is that it's just building in your mind how things are unstable out there. Maybe you're not part of it, but you cannot help the fact to understand that things are starting to crumble. What used to be firm and, and, and safe is no longer firm and safe anymore. Now, okay, you're like, Pastor Ryan, you said you weren't going to preach bad news. Yeah, but I have to share with you what's going on so that we can get to what's really going on. That's the good stuff. Because if we try to hide our, our head in the sand and pretend like nothing's happening, guess what? It's not long before, you know, we're, we're, we're blown into oblivion. 
right? You, you cannot live this life in ignorance. You just can't. There's, there's no room for that, especially as a Christian, right? We got to know who we are. We got to know whose we are. We got to know what our God-given rights are. And we got to understand that certain things were given to us as believers to help us live this life. And one of those is confident hope. So crypto's falling. Mental health is taking a kick in, right? Your, your physical health, like it just seems like every time you get over a cold, you catch another one. It's like, what is going on in this world? Not to mention these snowstorms that keep coming. It's like, is it summer? Is it winter? I don't know. I'm wearing shorts. Now I'm shoveling four feet of snow. I don't know what's going on anymore. Everything doesn't make sense. <laughs> if you haven't realized, yes, I'm preaching to myself today. Because we all need confident hope. I need to know as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as a pastor, I need to know, God, that things are going to work out for my good. I need to know, Lord. Right? I need to go forward with this. So crypto's falling. Right? It's blowing out of nowhere. Inflation is faster than most can keep up with. Right? Some wonder if they'll ever get ahead again while others are just struggling to get by. This is the reality of what's happening right now, and I, and I don't shy away from it, right? I understand it globally that this earth has suffered some major loss of confidence, which in turn has led to a lack of clarity. That's what I feel is really happening. Nothing is really clear anymore. We don't really know what makes sense anymore. And for some, really, the fruit of disconnect which occurred over the last few years, will be felt for a long time. It's true. It just will. And this shouldn't surprise any of us, right? I'm not like when things arise, and I'm like, ooh, whoa, where'd that come from? Because I read my Bible, and I understand that this is just a sign of the times. And I could get all scared about it, or I could get excited about it, because I have read the book, and I know what's coming. <laughs> come on. I understand as a believer that there are certain things that God is saving me from, but I also understand that as a believer, now is my time to step up to the plate, point to the outfield, and hit a grand slam for Jesus. Now is the time that I need to get motivated. It's the time that I need to get mobilized. It's the time where everything that I have learned leading up to this moment is now needed to be applied. It's not the time for games anymore. Straddling the line. Am I in? Am I out? Am I in? Am I out? It's not going to cut it anymore because the times that we are living in is calling for a dedication like we've never had before. And so I'm calling on the name of Jesus for you and I. But look at this. In Luke 21, it says this. Men's hearts, failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heavens will be shaken. Now, that's an interesting verse, right? We're talking about the end times here. Don't worry, I'm getting to the good news. Stay with me, y'all. We're laughing. Now you're like, oh, where's he going with this? Don't worry, I'll come back around. It's going to be good. Have some confident hope that we'll get there. Men's hearts are feeling them. Interesting, right? But I read this in the message translation, and I don't know about you, but the message just kind of hits me in the right spots. It says this, it will seem like all hell has broken loose. Anybody? Just me? Every once in a while, it seems like all hell breaks loose. Okay? That's just a fact. The sun, moon, stars, earth, sea, in an uproar, and everyone all over the world is in a panic. Have you been to Walmart lately? That scripture was written just for that. People are in a panic. Y'all remember when we were fist fighting over toilet paper? Can I admit something? I still have two boxes of toilet paper that I bought at the beginning of all this, because I subscribed. <laughs> Panic over toilet paper. My goodness. Whew. Look at this. The wind knocked out of them. By the threat of doom and the powers may be quaking. But, everyone say but. You don't need to be a part of it. You don't need to subscribe to it. You don't need to give in to worry. You don't need to give in to anxiety. You don't need to give in to fear. You don't need to take part in what's going on out there. John 14 says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. 
for you believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. So this is my belief, that confident hope is going to be your game changer this year. As you look at 2023, right now, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're beginning to speak to your people. And I thank you that confident hope is rising for 2023. Lord, I thank you right now. Come on, Holy Spirit, just begin to speak to those here. Begin to show them, Lord, what's going to happen, what's going to transpire. Begin to put inside of them a confident hope that cannot be shaken, will not waver, will not let up back up or shut up, but will continue to move forward by the grace and the power of your Holy Spirit on earth. And how so? Well, let's take a quick look to see why this year is going to be your year. I've got three points and about 10 minutes. Let's go. So what is hope? Well, hope is to expect with confidence. Hope is an expectation. Defines it is an expectation that comes with a confidence. It's not just a, 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 a hope or, you know, like, I hope this year is better. What does that do? It does nothing. I hope, right? No, hope is a desire that things are going to change, but it's a desire that is blazed with confidence. It's a knowing that things are going to change. It's not a guessing if they will. It's not, a, it's not just a maybe they will. No, it's a knowing that things are going to change. Hope isn't just an idea that things would get better, although it's part of it. Hope isn't a lottery system. We talked about this. See, I got ahead of my notes here. But here's what it is. It gives us, number one, if you're taking notes, it gives us the ability to see with the eyes of confident hope. But you got to have eyes to see. This is one of the prayers that I pray, Lord, give me Give me ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to understand what you're doing here. That's one of my prayers. Lord, I just, I need to see, I need to hear. I don't want to miss out on what's happening. And so one of the things that I love so much about hope is that it gives you the ability to see things through the lens of faith rather than fear. It's a hope that there is a better day coming that enables my faith to believe for it. When we allow hope to become our normal state of being, Rather than just something that we lean on when everything else has failed, right? When it's a state of being, it's how we live our lives, then we will see God begin to work in our lives. Rather than subscribing to how they have always been, we could say, yeah, but it's not the way it's going to be. Some of you, each and every year, you set your intentions and then things happen and it seems like maybe you get kicked back a little bit, right? And then you say, like, oh man, why is it? That's not what's going to transpire this year. This year you have confident hope. Things are going to change. Maybe you just got to say that out loud to yourself. Things are going to change. And there's a couple people who want change. That's good. The rest of you, it's okay. You're shy. I understand it. Maybe you go to your car after service and just whisper, things are going to change. And then wake up tomorrow and say it again. I bet you by Friday you'll be shouting it. It's all right. I don't know about you, but I want things to change. Fun. Change is good, donkey, as we found out in Trek. It's good. It's a good thing. Change is an all right thing, right? If you're stuck where you're at and you're resisting change, my friends, things will always remain the same. And same is boring. Imagine eating the same meal every single day for the rest of your life. Maybe some of you do. I'm sorry. I couldn't imagine it. I don't want same, same. Come on, I want change. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to be a better husband, a better father, a better leader, a better pastor, a better neighbor. Come on. I, I, I want change in my life where it really matters and where it really counts. Look at this. We will see with the eyes of confident hope, we'll see life when only others see destruction. We'll see opportunities when others only see insurmountable obstacles. You will see ways where there only seems to be dead ends. And you will see what could be rather than what is or what has been. Now, I want to talk about Isaiah. Isaiah could see with the eyes of confident hope. How do I know? Well, some of the most beautiful prophecies uh, about the Messiah are found in the book of Isaiah, right? And, and, and this one in particular that I found in Isaiah 11.1, 1, it says this, Then a shoot will spring up from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Now, 
You could read that and you could kind of just, just zoom right by it. But when you stop and pause and meditate and think about what they're saying here, it's kind of interesting. Jesse, as some of you know, is not mentioned a whole lot in the Bible. But when he is mentioned, it oftentimes comes with some form of significance, okay? So Jesse, as some of you know, is the father of who? David, right? It's David, right? Uh, Je Jesse's the father of David, who was a great king of Israel. Yet in this season that Isaiah is speaking forth, you have to understand that the kingly Davidic line had been cut off for hundreds of years. So the root that he's talking about really is the Davidic line. And what's happened is that they really haven't had many godly kings or leaders ruling for hundreds of years, right? And when you don't have a godly person who's leading, you most likely have the ungodly results of that leader. You probably have famine, you probably have wars, and, and you probably have unjust treatment of humanity. There's lots of things that transpire when the odd and godly rule. That's why Proverbs has so much to say about when the righteous are in authority, when the righteous are ruling, right? And so you got to understand that why Isaiah is saying this and why it matters to you and I is because he was able to look past what was currently happening, look into the future with eyes of confident hope, and begin to declare that a change was coming. See, up to this point, most people had lost hope. One evil ruler after the next evil ruler, you did not see much hope for your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren. You lived in a time that was conditioning you to feel hopelessness, but Isaiah begins to speak up. He begins to speak forth. Have you ever cut down a tree? Anybody? We spent like a week cutting trees down at Mark's place, right, Mark? That was fun, man. I don't know who let the pastor have a chainsaw. It was wrong, but it was fun. Me and Carol, man, we were, we were men's men that day, man. We were filled with the smell of gasoline and testosterone was running high. We were racing to cut the biggest trees down, right? Timber! That was my favorite day. Timber! You know? Like, it's only me and him, but hey, I got to let people know. But I remember when I was a kid, we had this awesome crab apple tree in our backyard, which was cool because it dropped little tiny crab apples, which went really well in my slingshot. My dad built me this awesome tree for it in this crab apple tree. Man, we went up there. I can't tell you how many hours we spent up there in that, in that tree. All my friends and I, and there was a secret escape, and you could swing down from one of the branches. It was awesome. I was the coolest kid in the whole neighborhood. But one day, that tree got a disease. And all of a sudden, the tree's limbs and branches became compromised, and it was no longer safe to be playing in the tree. So my dad... You know what, now that I look back and how excited I get with a chainsaw, I understand why he was so excited that day. Got to chop that tree down, and all he left was a stump. All there was is what a stump was left. There's not much left. It seemed like it was over. It seemed like it was finished. However, this is what Isaiah is speaking about. What seemed to be finished, what seemed to be dead, which seemed to be hopeless, Isaiah begins to declare, out of the stump, a shoot will appear. And from there, branches will spread out. And he's talking about the coming Messiah. See, the enemy tried his best to wipe out the line from which Jesus was coming from. But he couldn't. And Isaiah knew it, and he saw it in the Spirit. And I'm asking you today, what is in your life that looks like a stump? What is in your life that looks finished? What's in your life that maybe because of poor decisions or, or circumstances that are even beyond your control has had to be cut down, that looked lifeless? You know what the amazing thing about that crab apple tree was? After a couple of years, it kind of split. And then out of nowhere, you know what began to happen? Little shoots began to come up. I got excited. I was only 12 years old at the time. I was like, Dad, Dad. There's a new tree growing. You think we should go get some wood to build another treehouse? Right? Such optimistic faith. Dad's like, bruh, it's, it's going to take some time, son. It's going to take some time. Right? It's okay, Dad. It's all right. I'm just excited. What stump are you looking at right now in your life? And saying, Lord, 
Would you allow a shoot to come forth? Would you bring forth life? Would you bring forth healing? Would you bring breakthrough, Lord? Would you bring the provision that we need right now, Father? Lord, I need your wisdom. I can't do this on my own. Lord, look at me. I'm half the time, I can't even put my pants on properly. But Lord, I thank you that you're going to anoint me. Lord, you're going to anoint my life. I'm going to move and, 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 and have my being beyond my abilities and beyond my knowledge because I'm operating with a divine wisdom. I'm operating with a divine strength. I'm operating with his peace and with his joy. And as I look at my life, I see some stumps, but I get excited about it because I know if there's anyone who could bring life from something that was previously dead, it's the God that we serve. It's all right. You're like, clap, not clap. It's okay. I understand. Sometimes it's hard because you only see the stump. You only see what used to be. But my friends, you can have the eyes of confident hope. You can begin to speak life over what seems dead. You can begin to speak hope where hopelessness has prevailed for some time. You can begin to speak the joy and the peace of the Lord over these situations that seem tumultuous. You can speak hope over the disappointments that you have faced and say, Lord, I've learned, I've grown, and I'm going to do better. But Lord, I thank you that you're going to cause me to come out as the victor in this. If you keep your heart before the Lord right, he will even bless your mistakes. He will bless your mistakes. He will bless your shortcomings. When your heart is right before the Lord, take a look at all of our heroes in faith. Were they perfect? No! If we're judging, and we shouldn't judge, but if we were to judge, hypothetically, on a scale of bad to worse, some of them were worse than some of us. And it gives me hope. Because on my worst day, he's still having his best day. And on my worst day, he can still use me. You know what? In fact, I'll be honest with you, on some of the days where I'm feeling the most down, or if I'm feeling just bleh, you ever get those days? Bleh. Would it not be God just to set you up with an opportunity to get over yourself and to help someone else? Every single time. I just want to have a pity party, Lord. Party of one. No one else is invited. And he shows up and he sends me someone who needs hope. And all of a sudden my eyes are turned off of my circumstances and my situations. And the Holy Spirit quickens it inside of me. And I just begin to speak. And as I speak, all of a sudden I see that I'm speaking hope and they're getting blessed, but guess who else is getting blessed? Guess who feels silly about having his little pity party about something that didn't happen or did happen or whatever? Me. Wow. Because you can have the eyes of confidence. Number two. You know what I love about confident hope? It makes you bold. Confident hope makes you bold. People who are hopeless are not bold people by nature. When you have no hope, you don't make any moves. You don't take any steps forward. Oftentimes, you're paralyzed by that hopelessness. It has you stuck. You ever feel stuck? I felt stuck before. I don't like that feeling. I don't like feeling stuck. I don't like feeling like I have no options or way outs or that this is just the way it's going to be. There's something inside of me that just refuses to accept that. When someone tells me, well, Brian, this is just the way it's always been. Because that's how people like that talk. Just the way it's always been. <laughs> Watch this. And I just go on with a confident hope. Lord, I'm going to change this. But I, just because it's always been doesn't mean it needs to be. You think about this. You know, I think about history and I think about all sorts of stuff. And I know the church is not perfect by a long shot. You know why? Because it's filled with imperfect people like you and me. But I know that we're being perfected. I know that his grace is there for those moments. But you remember the first time, I would have loved to have been there at church service the first time electric guitar was introduced. Hundreds of year of organ. And all of a sudden, someone like Chris shows up with his long hair and his awesome facial hair and starts shredding on a guitar. People, whoa, what's this? Whoa! See, people talk about even today's worship. Oh, this, that, whatever. Right, I'm, I'm for biblical worship. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of that. But you understand that David would have been, he, he would have been labeled a radical in today's days. The songs that he wrote, 
Like, we get up in arms. The church got up. We used to have a song, oh, he loves me, he loves me. And there's one line that says, a sloppy wet kiss, and everybody, the church was throwing chairs around. When heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. I'm married. I can talk like this. Some of the best kisses are the sloppy wet kisses. That's what happens. Awkward. Right? We got all up in arms about that, but David wrote things that were far more extreme than that. God, where are you? It's not like, God, where are you? Boy, who's, who dead? What is that? Get out of here. Right? He's shouting, God, God, where are you? I need you. And then always by the end of the psalm, he comes around, but you are my hope. You are my shelter. You are my tower of refuge. It makes him bold. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 3.12 says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very, come on church, bold. Hope will create boldness in you like never before. Maybe you need a little boldness to take that step to make the move that you've been waiting to make sometimes for some time. Maybe you need a little hope just to step out and to start that business that's been on your heart for years. Maybe you have a little boldness to step out and say hi to that other one. You know which one I'm talking about. All you single people in the house, right? Maybe it's time you get bold in your marriage, bold with your kids, bold with your workplaces, bold in your jobs. Maybe it's time you get a little bold. I'm not saying go to work tomorrow with a big poster card that says turn or burn. You will be eating lunch alone for the rest of your work career. Just be bold. When someone says something and you know you have the answer, right? You say, it doesn't have to be that way, my friend. I know you feel stuck. I've been there. But listen, I have a hope that is confident that with the God that I serve, that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. That he loves me. For some people, the concept that God loves them is so foreign. But God does love us. And he does have a plan, and it is good. But we need to be bold to step into it. The plan is there for each and every one of your lives. Whether you see it, whether you want to believe it, whether you know of it, or whether you don't, there is a plan in place for your life. And my friends, it is awesome. It is better than anything you could ever put together on your own. It matches up to the desires of your heart, right? And this is the God, but all you got to do is just be a little bold this year. Look at this. Hope will cause you to pray bold prayers. Prayers that are beyond human reach and human ability. They'll pray prayers like, Lord, use me today. Sometimes we pray these fancy prayers like, Lord, use me. And we're talking about like 20 years down the road. No, Lord, use me today. I know I'm a hot mess, but Lord, use me today. Use me in my workspace. Use me with a gas attendant. Use me wherever you want to use me, Lord. Use me in the Costco parking lot. I went there yesterday. Yo, you want to talk about panic and craziness? You go to Costco on a Saturday. Pastor Michael says, I don't go to Costco on Fridays and Saturdays. I now understand why. I got so close to Jesus and so did a couple other people. <laughs> it will cause you to dream bold dreams. Some of you just need to start dreaming again. Some of you have let go of your dreams. I guess it won't happen. Fooey! It won't happen if you keep that mentality up. But why don't you slap some hope on that bad boy? Why don't you let the power of the Holy Spirit resurrect that inside of you? It's crazy. I look at my son Levi, and he has confident hope. He's fearless of nothing. Everything is an adventure. Everything is possible. Dad, I can do anything. I'm loving this stage. Soon he realized that I can't. But right now, I'm enjoying it. And that's why Jesus says, be like the little children. They don't overthink things. They don't go, but it used to, but this, but that. They don't subscribe to that. They just go, my dada is amazing. My mama is so great. They'll help me do anything. That kid, when he puts his mind to anything, but he shocks me. That came from this crazy. Can I take two minutes? I want to show you in the Bible that whenever you get hope, you become bold. 
I want you just to begin to think about every miracle that Jesus did while he was on this earth. And if you look at it, you'll see the moment that the person who received the miracle first got hope. One of my favorites found in Luke 18, look at this. It's a story of the blind man. As Jesus and his followers arrived at Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard the crowd approaching, he asked, what's all this commotion about? And they said, it's Jesus. Someone was excited. There's an exclamation point there. They said, Jesus, the Nazarene, he's passing by. Someone was freaking out, right? The blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of God, have pity and show me mercy. And those in front of the crowd scolded him and warned him to be quiet. Another version says, they told him to shut up. But the blind beggar, come on, cut. There's the but, but the blind beggar didn't subscribe to that. No, 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 no. Look what he did. He screamed out even louder, Jesus! Probably in line with how Pastor Adam screams hallelujah, Jesus! He didn't even know where Jesus was. He's blind. Jesus! Jesus! He's yelling in every direction. He's screaming. Do you see how hope will bolden you? in the face of people he couldn't see that were telling him to shut up and to be quiet. And he said, no, 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 no. No way, Jose. This is my moment. Hope has arrived. Hope is a person and hope's name is Jesus. And I am telling you one way or the other, I'm getting in front of him because I've heard. I may be blind, but I can hear. I've heard the stories. This man is feeding thousands. This man is raising people from the dead. This man is bringing hope to the hopeless. Cripples are being healed. Blind men are seeing. This is my moment. This is my moment. Jesus! And he cries out even louder. And look what happens. Coincidence? Look what happens. Jesus says, bring that man over to me. And when they brought him before Jesus, he asked the man, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Master, he approached him right. He understood the authority that was before him. Master, he said, please, I want to see. I'm begging you, I got to get my sights. Jesus said, now you will see. Receive your sight this moment for your faith in me has given you your sight and new life. Not only did he get his sight back, but the Bible's clear to mention that he was given a new life. See, I think at that moment he understood he had eyes of hope. He could see now that he wasn't always going to be the way it was. People told him, well, you're blind, that's it, there's no hope for you. Sit here, beg, we'll pick you up at 5 o'clock and drop you off at home. We'll pick you up tomorrow morning. No, that's the way it always used to be, but it ain't going to be this way no more. Because hope is bold. Think about the centurion. A centurion. Come on. He demoted his rank to get before Jesus. He risked his own life to get before Jesus. What about the woman with the issue of blood? You know what hope did for her? She pushed through the crowds. I was telling Pastor Adam, I said, I've, I've been to, to playoff hockey games that have gone into overtime and everybody's excited and when they score that goal and the home team wins, everyone's ecstatic. But one thing is for sure, everybody wants to get to their car right away. And you're stuck in a crowd. And I'm talking about the crowd is so thick, you can't move to the right or to the left. You have to shuffle with the crowd. You can't go any faster, any, any slower. But this woman found a way. Hope caused her, a little old lady, with an issue that had been causing her great pain and discomfort her entire life, who was told by the professionals, there's no hope. She said, Jesus is my only hope. I've been everywhere else, but now it's Jesus, and it's only Jesus. And she was able to push through. What are you up against and what do you need to push through today to step into his fulfillment? Hope has a way of making you bold in the face of adversity. My last point, and I have one minute. I'm going to leave you with this. Once you get the eyes to see confidently and boldly with hope, once you understand that you've been emboldened by your hope, you can become an ambassador for hope. 
And what does an ambassador do? They live their life representing someone else, a different kingdom, a different nation. And now, with the hope that you've experienced and the hope that's flowing out of you, you can now become an ambassador to those around you that are not understanding what hope is all about, who maybe have subscribed to the fear or the hopelessness and think that this is just the way it's going to be. In fact, maybe they think it's going to get worse. You're the antidote, my friends. You're the ambassador that says it doesn't need to be that way. And you begin to speak for the kingdom of God, the, speak, the kingdom of hope, the kingdom of light. We have a living hope, my friends, and his name is Jesus. And maybe today you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, or maybe you have, but maybe today's message has stirred something inside of you that says, you know what? I know that I, 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 I know, I know that I need to make changes. Maybe my life has become a stump. But today I'm handing my life over into the hands of Jesus. With confident hope that out of my stump comes forth a shoot. And out of that, Lord, I thank you that you will touch others with the same hope that I've experienced. If you know that you need Jesus in your life today, he is the only true hope. He is the only way. He's the only way to security in heaven. He's the only way to peace on earth. A life that is filled with joy. A life that is filled with a great purpose and a plan. My friends, it's the only way to take care of the issue of sin and death. It's Jesus. He's our only hope. It's the only hope we have. And so we're going to say a prayer. And if you know that you need Jesus in your life right now, the Bible says if you just confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you shall be saved. And how we do that, how we open that door here is we just say a prayer. And the power in this is not necessarily the words, but the power is in your believing and the confession of it. And so we're going to say it together. So come on, help me out today, church, for those who are making this decision for the first time. Let's say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare that you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. Amen.